This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound On each episode of BarkCast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy? It's been good mate, thanks for asking. Excellent. I have a question for you today. Oh, hello. I know. Well, I've have been... you emailed it? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of emailing um, uh, info at caninepointacademy.com, but I decided I'd just ask you face to face. I've had my dog for three, four three, four years now, and I've used you as a trainer, and we've gone through many things. But the one thing I still don't understand is, is how a dog learns, because I kind of under and, and the reason I'm saying this actually because I've been doing a lot of I've got two kids because he's out of control. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, one of my my dog is out of control, but um, I got two kids. We're doing a lot of online learning, so mm-hmm. I've been listening to the teachers teach my children and, and understanding. And I used to coach water sports to kids. So I understand a little bit of how a children are learning process. and the teaching process. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand the whole dog learning teaching process. And I just wondered if you okay. could kind of give us a sure. a short spiel about short how dogs learn. And I think it will learn. help the listener out as well when they're doing a lot of the things that you recommend, which is constant learning all the time. But mm-hmm. this might help people understand a bit more. A couple of things. First off, there's three really important things when it comes to training dogs. One of those is timing. One of those is consistency, which I do bang on about a lot. And the third thing is motivation. So when it comes to timing, I think we mentioned before, dogs have got about one second to relate cause and effect. It's no time at all. You've got to catch them in the moment, whether that's good or bad. So in terms of most of the time when we think about catching dogs and doing behaviors we're thinking the negative you know chewing something pooing in the wrong place but it can be it's anything so the moment there is a big difference between rewarding my dog when they're sitting on the floor or rewarding them the very instant their bum hits the ground because one is the action of sitting and the other is being sat down so the timing when we're working with the dogs is is really crucial the consistency part is the the gold standard you have to be consistent something like jumping up is a is a good example of this i work with families a lot of the time mummy doesn't mind mummy hates the dog jumping up daddy doesn't mind it or the kids don't mind it and the parents or or something there's always that inconsistent part of it from a from the dog's perspective if you're inconsistent i don't know what works therefore i will do whatever i want to do it's never going to end particularly well and in terms of being consistent if my dog jumps up and I'm, I've had a really bad day and I give my dog a big fuss, I've just taught the dog it's okay to jump up. They can't understand I'm only allowed to do this because you're having a bad day or because you're wearing clothes that you don't mind I jump up on. They can't then distinguish when you're there wearing your nice evening wear that I'm not supposed to jump on it. And can I just jump in here? Perfect uh, timing. Joking aside, I was at the beach at the weekend with the kids and there was a, a chocolate lab puppy. Mm-hmm just randomly there the owner was obviously there as well and the puppy was running around jumping up on everybody yeah and so it's not just your family it jumps up on there was a lot of people that were walking on those beach that didn't want and luckily i don't mind puppy my kids are grown up with dogs Mm. so they're okay but there was a lot of people there that weren't very happy about this beautiful little chocolate lab who was cute as buttons yeah and and this is like maybe we can do another pod on you know what actually is socialization because that's perhaps a big ticket item because a lot of people and i'm guessing the owner's that particular puppy 
would were probably thinking, I'm going to take my puppy to the beach, and, and it can be socialized. So it can meet lots of other people and other dogs. It can socialize with them. That's not socializing. That's just teaching your dog how to be a nightmare and just jump on people. So we can come back to that. And they also did the thing, don't worry, he's friendly. He's friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my, my <laughs> pet hate. Let's yeah, yeah. park that one. Yeah, let's park that one before I go off on a complete <laughs> tangent and rant. Um, so timing, consistency, those are really important. And the third thing is motivation. So A, the dog has to be motivated to want to learn. I would also argue you have to be motivated to want to teach. But in terms of motivating the dog, we often we speak very heavily about rewarding dogs. If I were to ask you a question, I want you to give your dog a reward. What would that necessarily? What would that mean? If we're talking about rewarding dogs, what 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 could that be? What is rewarding for Max? Um, he likes to play fight. Right, so he likes to play. What else? Food. Uh, no, he's never not not for Max, but just generally for dogs. Oh, for, sorry, think for, about I, rewards, I'm sorry, I was just thinking about Maximus yeah. as, as a whole. Uh, for dogs, I would say uh, food. Um, fuss. Yep. And maybe a, a toy that they yeah. might like. Yeah, who's a good boy, playing with toys and all of that. Absolutely. But me giving the dog attention is also reward. So, for example, dog jumps on me and I'm going, Rover, no, 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 no. I'm trying to push him away. I'm now engaging with my dog. And if my dog likes, as Max does, to play and engage, then I'm just reinforcing the behavior to begin with. So, when we talk about rewarding dogs and therefore motivating them, we have to motivate them and reward them with what they like. Not, you know, I might think that my treats are the best things in town, but if my dog thinks those treats are horrible, he's not going to work for it. So you've got to find something that he likes, and it might not be something that you like or you'd want to do, but if the dog likes playing with the ball, that's what you've got to work with. So in terms of motivating the dog, understand what, they, what they're driven for, be it attention, be it cuddles, be it a ball, a tug toy, food, different food, or even the ability to be left alone. Well, that's interesting, because I was about to jump in and ask you how What if you... the dog doesn't like any of that? Well, <laughs> that wasn't... I like that <laughs> but question. No, it's, but it's no, a fair it's, point. It's a fair point, but how would you work it? And I know it's a, a simple question how you work it out, but are there any steps that you could do? Because yeah. with Max, we tried... And you were with me. And, you know, the first time I think we got Max and we went out for a walk, it was like, right, grab some, some sausages from the local mm-hmm. convenience yep. store and we'll try that. And... It didn't work with Max. So some dogs will bite your hand off for a piece of cardboard. Uh, other dogs, you could offer them a smorgasbord of steaks and cheese and, and whatever, and they're like, yeah, not really interested in it. Fine. And so ultimately, and then we can get into a, the, the, tr- the training process later, but in terms of actual process, behavior with reward versus no reward, I can offer the dog all the reward in the world, but if it's not rewarding to the dog, it doesn't really work. So ultimately, I can still work and say, well, I need you to do this for me. And I can guide the dog with the leash and ultimately apply that consequence to make this happen. So I'm giving you free choice. You can come to me and your reward is that you get to go and be free again. You get to go away from me. I find it quite heartbreaking, particularly with clients that, you know, I love my dog. My dog's the most important thing in my world. And I'm looking at the dynamic thinking the dog just wants to be quite independent from you. Which is hard to tell people. Do you see that? Occasionally. No, wow. it's not very often. But I mean, there are some dogs that are very, just very aloof and very independent and quite happy to do their own thing. And that's, I've got to respect the dog's wishes. <clears throat> but ultimately, from a, an owner's perspective, I need to be in a position where I can control my dog if I need to for whatever reason. Okay, so we've got to work out, first of all, then what the dog loves or yes. enjoys. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've worked that out. What's the next step? Okay, so dogs learning obedience as we understand it, is quite similar 
in the process that we go through to learn new languages. So and there's four key steps. Step one, acquisition. We have to acquire, for lost learning language, we have to acquire basic vocabulary. All right, you and I, we live in Thailand. We've been here a number of years. We have acquired some basic vocabulary. All right, hang on. We're, work with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know no, where I was going to go um, with that one. Yeah, yeah, as am I. It's okay. So um, how to count to 10, say hello, goodbye, you know, order a beer, the very bare essentials in life that you would learn in, in any language. Very quickly, you get to stage two, which is what we call automatic. Now, you can recall, and probably in a number of different languages, counting maybe up to five, maybe a couple of colors, say hello, goodbye, in French, maybe German, Russian, English, and Japanese for all I know, but you just know it. You don't have to think about it, you just know it. It's automatically ingrained in you. So to get from step one to step two is very quick. For dogs, it's the same thing. Stage one, I can hold a treat or a toy and I can shape my dog into sitting and I can give him the treat. And very quickly the dog works out, oh, hang on a minute, every time I put my bum on the ground, this idiot gives me those treats. I'll keep doing that. And that's usually, particularly with language, and this is where our tie comes very much to the fore. How long have you been here? Remind me again. I'm not going to mention <laughs> this. The <laughs> listener doesn't need to know how bad my tie is. And likewise, we've both been here long enough that we should be fluent, but we're not. And there's reasons for that. One is we've probably been lazy. We've gone to lessons, not done the homework fully, stopped and gone back. And we've been through that cycle. And equally, we've not practiced. So, again, essentially with our dogs, we've just got to keep practicing. Got to keep doing the skills. The third step is what we call application. So all those basic skills of my dog being able to sit nicely for a treat or lie down. So all those basic skills, basic foundation behaviors that we've taught our dog how to sit and lie down, we now have to take that on the road. So, and dogs are very specific. They will learn with pictures. So if you've only ever taught your dog to sit, in the kitchen or in the living room. If you now go to another room or go outside and say, hey, Rover, sit, probably won't do it. And it's not that he's forgotten, it's just he's never done it in that room or in that environment. And every time you change the environment and you change the picture, you're basically starting again. Wow, okay. The, the key thing is here though, so I can teach, my dog is perfect at sitting, and I hear this a lot, around the house, my dog is perfect. I take him to the beach, I can't, I lose uh, him. And we've talked about, there was a couple yes. of podcasts yeah, yeah. back ago that the guy said his dog is perfect at home. As soon as he gets to the beach, gone. nightmare. Can I just, on that, so, you know, does that mean you have to take sausages? And we're going to use sausages. Mm-hmm. You'd have to take sausages everywhere you go. So, A, uh, yes and no. This depends on my dog's drive. So, if, let's assume, yes, my dog is a, is a massive foodie. And in terms of levels, I will have a, an array of different treats depending on the environment. So, and usually I, I use a lot of food to begin with. And in terms of how, how we use food and fade it out, this is the part of the process. That's step one, step two, acquiring the basic knowledge, making it automatic in the dog's mind. I'm literally a Pez dispenser with food. So the dog just works out that I'm a complete idiot. All I have to do is sit and look at this person and he will give me food every single time. That's correct. I'm just going to jump in here because you've used this Pez dispensing thing a few times on the yes. podcast. And I just worry if all listeners understand that. That's a very good point, actually. Because I do. Sweet, the little Pez sweets, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that's a very old school 
the little plastic things they used to put, the, and they used to have the Ladies characters. If you don't understand up. a Pez dispenser, can I firstly say you've really missed out? <laughs> Secondly, Google it; they're brilliant. Um, but basically, I am there literally feeding my dog treat, 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 treat. Over time, as we go through this, the the stages, I'm basically going to turn my dog into a gambler. This third stage of applying my basic skills everywhere I go, my dog is sitting perfectly in the house, no problem at all. Great, I'm now going to go outside into the street. And now, in the house, I might just be using their kibble, their normal dog food, their biscuits, because, yeah, there's nothing really going on in the house, and, hey, you've got food. But now I've gone outside, there's people, there's dogs, there's lots of smells, there's, there's traffic, there's, there's lots of things going on that I'm now competing with my environment for my dog's attention. So, and if all I've got is some kibble, it's like, well, yeah, thanks, Dad, that's great. But there's some amazing stuff over here. I'll go check that out. Whereas if I'm like, yeah, but I've got some chicken over here, dude, or some hot dogs or something of higher value, then I've got a much higher chance of getting my dog to engage and work with me. But you're a dog trainer and you yes. smell of dogs all the time. Yes. No offense. <laughs> I don't want to be having chicken in my pocket of course you don't. all the time. Of course you don't. And it's not, it's not a case of you have to have treats in your pocket for the duration of your dog's life. This is for the now in the training phase. There's no quick fix. There's no, oh, okay, if you want the easy way, do this, this, and this, and your dog's perfectly well trained. In the same way, if you and I had just done this, this, and this, we would be fluent in Thai by now. You've got to do the legwork. Could There's you no, please, could please, you please stop bringing that up. <laughs> I still <laughs> feel terrible. terrible. No, you and me my both. My is awful. You me both. So... Through this phase, through this process, yes, having treats and food in your pockets as you go for your walks, you go to the beach, you go for a walk around the park is, I would say, to a degree essential in helping your dog through the learning phase. Now, you have one of those little... Um, yeah, you can get a little bum bag or a little Yeah, a little pouch. bum bag yeah, or, or a fanny yeah. pack, depending yeah, yeah. on whereabouts you are. That, that's a perfect thing. And, and I think dry kibble... kibble Kibble's right. great because it's dry and it's, it's, it's easy. But if your dog isn't driven by it or if you're in a high distracting environment and you need something else you need something else uh, and yeah i mean my as you can imagine my all of my clothes is usually a treat deep in the depths of a pocket somewhere that i've forgotten about using a bum bag or a little treat pouch yes it's just it's a separate thing it's not in your pockets whatever works for you as an owner but for sure taking stuff with you will help so through this application phase where my dog now we've we've started we've shown him how to sit they're doing it fairly frequently because they understand that, hey, if I sit, you'll give me a treat. We, we've gone through this process and now we're doing it in different places. And at this stage, you're now going to start fading out how often you actually give them a treat. It's gone from it's 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 sits I pay. 100% of the time I'm getting paid. My owner is an idiot. I just sit and look at him. He gives me treats. This is amazing. Let me show off to all these stupid street dogs. Hey, guys, check this out. I'm going to sit. My owner's going to give me treats. Ta-da. Easy. It's too easy for them. And then magically, out of nowhere, you forget, in quotes, to give your dog a treat one time. And I guarantee he'll look at you like, whoa, dude, are you forgetting something? And you'll just be like, yeah, good boy. Hey, come here. Sit one more time for me. And he'll be like, yeah, dude, I'm going to sit really quickly and fast and strong. And I'm going to stare at you. You forgot. Oh, there's my treat. Oh, phew. I thought you'd forgotten. And we'll do it again. So now, every now and again, I'm just forgetting to reward it. But it's like, I know if I keep doing this, you're going to pay me. You're basically a slot machine. All right? It's, it's got to pay out eventually. But is there a time where the do if you don't give him the treat if or you her the treat? Yeah. And it's, it is a bit of a fine line. If I, and this is the mistake people make. They'll be in the kitchen with a bowl of food and say, Rover, sit. 
The dog sits, they get the bowl of food. Oh, my dog knows how to sit and stay. We go to the beach where you have nothing and you're competing with all the, the environmental stimuli that's out there. You've got no chance. Whereas if you've practiced with it in different environments, including at the beach, and you've been able to reward and engage your dog with something that they find rewarding and motivating, then yes, that's when you're on the track to getting them to do it without the food later on in life. But you've got to go through the hard yards first. And if you do that, if you go to your lessons and you do your homework and you practice like our Thai, we practice every time we go to a coffee shop, we try and order in Thai. Every time we go to a restaurant or speak to people in the street, we do it in Thai. Over time, being consistent, we will become fluent. And if you don't do that with your dog, you end up with the same result as our level of Thai. Sorry, I'm making you laugh <laughs> I know, because I you know. can see yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, just go back. So the, the three core things there so timing got to catch them in the act good or bad you've got to reward them or redirect them in that moment if you forget everything just remember to be consistent all right dogs live in a world of black and white behaviors with reward will happen again if there's no reward or consequence they will stop it's that simple and in terms of rewards and motivation it's got to be something that the dog finds rewarding and motivating not something that you think is what they want you can have all the squeaky toys you want in the world that you want. If your dog is scared of the squeak, it's not going to help you. And in terms of the process, stage one is all about just showing them what you want. Lure them into a seat. Use a treat and shape them and lure them. And you only get the treat when you lie down or, or sit or whatever it is. And keep repeating it. And the more you repeat it, the more you'll start to see your dog offering these behaviors on their own. Because they're chanting that you're going to pay it. And you keep paying it. And from there, you then take it on the road. Change the environment. If you're working, if it's just you and your dog in the house, get a neighbor to pop around. Get a friend to come around. Or go somewhere else to different places and do the same thing. And over time, you'll start to see your dog doing these behaviors in different places. And that's when you start to slowly fade out how often you're actually food rewarding them to the point where they're gambling. I'm going to sit. Oh, I didn't get a treat. I'll sit. I didn't get a treat. I'll sit. Oh, I finally got a treat. But they'll keep doing it. And that's how you end up with a fluent, fluently obedient dog. Rather than our fluently Rather than our lack of fluently bad tie. We're, we're still at that sort of level two, three stage with our tie. I need better treats is we what need, I've we discovered. Need, we need better treats. That's the thing. <laughs> if we're only getting broccoli and we're not going to work for that. If they're offering us Ben and Jerry's at every tie lesson, right? I'll take that. We'll take that. Thanks, Russ. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, buddy. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy. Barkcast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at j at shark13productions.com.